Hey, thanks for joining today. I know you're going to have a great time listening to this podcast. It's about building the house that God would want built. It's doing it the way God would want to do it. And it's coming from people's hearts, from a joyful place, not a place out of people begging or forcing or manipulating. It's coming from a free heart, building with faithful men and women. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Sit back and enjoy, and God bless. Hey, everybody on Podcast Land. I'm coming at you with a new podcast. And yes, it's David, your favorite podcast host. Well, today is a brand new day. It is October 24th, the year of our Lord, 2022. And it is a Monday. So happy Mondays to all of y'all there. And we came off a pretty good weekend. Um, All last week, we had sick kids. Um, Each of us were messing with sicknesses and tampering with them and trying to fix this and fix that. And when you get one symptom fixed, another one shows up and you try to work on another thing and another thing shows up and then you got schools and you got to miss school and you got all kinds of issues going on when you got a family. So you got to tinker with this and tinker with that and try to rearrange all your things that you had planned and you come out the other side and see if you're still alive and well, we're still alive. That's a good thing, right folks? Yes, it is. And what I'm saying is it's Monday. Everyone else in the world might think Monday is a bad day, but as for me and my house, we think Monday's a good day because we survived the battle. Now, I have some things I've been reading um, for the last couple weeks here. I shared with my wife over the last couple days, and I figured I would do a podcast on it today. I'm going to try to keep it kind of short, but there's a lot here. And then 2 Kings chapter 12, I want to read 2 Kings chapter 12. Now, the Kings, 1 Kings and 2 Kings is a very fascinating set of books you can read out of the Bible. There's all kinds of great, great drama, great history, just great human stuff. You know, not having to go to the television from somebody else that just tells lies or makes up other dramas that are not true. But you can come to this book and read this and it'll take you to a whole new place. And it's an amazing. I was telling my wife uh, last week, I think it was. Whenever you open the Bible, it's almost like it's a it's a television. This book is like a television. As soon as you open it and start reading, your mind goes to wherever you're reading and you start to picture these things. You picture whatever's being talked about and you start to image them in your head and you start to think about them. The words that you were taught, the, the way you depict things, you start to see it. Now, what you see is totally different than what I see, but it's the same thing. It's very amazing how God has created this, and it's just so cool. That's why it's so hard sometimes when we're talking for you to see what I'm seeing because when I'm reading the same thing you're reading, my words that I've been taught are different. The way I went through life with my experience is different, but when we work together and we try to see that same vision, something happens, and God is in the midst of that. Well, I want to read 2 Kings chapter 12 for you today. In the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoash, began to reign, and forty years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother name was Ziba of Beersheba. And Jehoash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all his days, wherein Jehoiada the priest instructed him. But the high places were not taken down. The people still sacrificed burnt incense in the high places. 
And Jehoash said to the priest, All the money of the dedicated things that is brought into the house of the Lord, even the money of every one that passeth the account, the money that every man is set at, and all the money that cometh into the man's heart to bring into the house of the Lord, let the priest take it to them, every man of his acquaintance, and let them repair the breaches of the house where soever any breach shall be found. But it was so that in the three and twentieth year of King Jehoash, the priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. I'm going to pause there. So we're having a situation here. We have Jehoash, the one that reigned for 40 years. About halfway through his reign, he comes and checks up on this. Because once he became king, he started the, the repairs of the house of the Lord. He started telling them, take all the money that's coming into the house of the Lord, everything, and start to repair the breaches in the house of the Lord. Start to fix everything. Halfway through his reign, so about 23 years, I'm thinking, somewhere around there, he came to see what was going on, how the house of the Lord was faring, how things were happening. But it was so that it was in the three and twentieth year of King Joash, priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. So he came in and there was no repairs being done. Nothing had happened. Then King Joash called for Jehodiah the priest and the other priest and said unto them, Why repair ye not the breaches of the house? Now therefore receive no more money from your acquaintances, but deliver it for the breaches of the house. Did you hear what the king said? He says, okay, now we got a problem. Everything that was supposed to come in, the priests were in charge of fixing the house of the Lord, but they didn't do it. So now the king is coming in and saying, no more. You, we're going to change this. So this is what happened in verse number eight. And the priest consented to receive no more money of the people, neither to repair the breach of the house. So they said, we're not going to receive no more money from the people, the priest said. And then they said, we're not even going to repair the house of the Lord. But Jehodiah the priest took a chest and bored a hole in the lid of it and set it beside the altar on the right side of one that cometh into the house of the Lord. And the priest that kept the door put therein all the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. So he said, I got an idea. We're going to get a big chest. We're going to put a hole in the top and we're going to drop money into it as they come in the house of the Lord. Everything they drop into it, they're going to put into this box and it's locked. Nobody can touch it. We don't want none of the priests that are in charge to touch this. And it was so when they saw that it was much money in the chest that the king's scribe and the high priest came up and put up in the bags and told the money that was found in the house of the Lord. And they gave the money being told into the hands of them that did the work that had oversight in the house of the Lord. And they laid it out in, in, to the carpenters, to the builders that wrought upon the house of the Lord and to the masons and the hewers of stone and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the breaches of the house of the Lord, and for all that was laid out in the house to repair it. Howbeit there were not made for the house of the Lord bowls of silver, snuffers, basins, trumpets, and any vessels of gold, or vessels of silver of the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. But they gave that to the workmen, and repaired therewith the house of the Lord. Moreover, they reckoned not with the men into whose hand they delivered the money to bestowed on the workmen, for they dealt faithfully. I'm going to pause there. So what you're seeing here is the king came in after he, he gave free reign to the priest to do anything he wanted with the money to fix the house of the Lord. They didn't fix the house of the Lord. They didn't even care about the repairs of the house of the Lord, what it looks like to me. So then the king came in, took the money from them, kept the money coming in, and then what he did was gave it to faithful men that was going to repair the house of the Lord. And that's what happened. And the first thing you would think is what I've ever heard from priests and ministers say, well, they're not faithful. You have to take account. You have to keep track of everything. And 
here we're looking at, they didn't do that. Why? Because they were faithful men. Because they were dedicated to working on the things of God. They didn't need to be taken account of. They didn't need people having account over them. They didn't need people watching over their shoulder. But the priest did because the priest didn't do what they were supposed to. And I believe we're in this time period. I've seen it over and over in the churches I have been involved in. The minister, the high priest, the pastor is in charge of everything. The money coming in, everything. And they build the house the way they want it. They do things the way they want it. They put the money everywhere they want. But things don't get done the right way because what they're doing is copying somebody that they know. They want to do what they did. They keep working on a soundboard. They keep working on things that don't really matter. And the main thing of the house of the Lord is broke down. They do things that are flashy. But you see here that the bowls of silver, all the trumpets and all the snuffers of basins, all that great stuff that they had in the house of the Lord, that was not where the money went. It went to repairing things and it went to faithful men that repaired it. Not the priest. And this is a sad thing. You had to lock the box, the chest up while they received the money because you had to be worried about people stealing. And I think the priests were the ones they were mainly worried about stealing the money. It wasn't the faithful workers because I've been this faithful worker. I've been around many faithful workers in the church and I've watched ungodly priests sit over us and, and dictate where the money goes and tell us they're not going to pay for things and argue with us. I've, I'll tell you a story one time. I had a broken down old truck. Then I took all the money I had and I bought it and I was using it to go back and forth to work. It wasn't a very good truck. But this church needed help. It was it had so much trash and rubbish from the house next door that was a hoarder lived there that was put in a nursing home and it sat unkempt for many, many years, seven to ten years. Rats, everything infested this yard, this house. There was so much there was an old nineteen twenties truck, like a ice cream kind of truck overgrown in the weeds that was rotted right out through and the whole thing was full of newspapers from the bottom to the top of this van truck and it was rotted together and it was so bad and me and a few other people came over there and we tore that thing down we destroyed the trees we tore all the yard down we tore everything down and we cleaned it all out we, we filled my truck up for non-stop truckloads I sat there every day burning, burning and burning and cleaning and burning nonstop for a year. I took all my vacation time from work. That's all I ever did. And I kept donating for repairs, kept donating and donating, and so did many other people. And this is what I would hear from the priest that was there. I'd pull in there and my tire would go flat because I'd pull out of the backyard of the place and I'd run over the metal that was there or the trees that were cut down. They would pop side of my tire walls. First thing that he would say is, I'm not paying for that. Church is not paying for it. And start arguing right away. And I never even asked for it. Didn't even ask for money. And I would go down and buy my own stuff. But that's the mentality that we're dealing with. We want to know why the house of the Lord is suffering now. I've been to other house of the Lords where all they do is ask for money. They'll stop a service. They'll have new new guests there, new people that came in. God brought these people and sit on a pew. Four or five families sitting there. Brand new, first time ever coming in. And they would stop a service for a whole service, didn't care who was there, and beg for money because they didn't get enough offering in the last plate. And they wouldn't stop until they got the money. They would make two, three offering plates in a row until they got the money. And then make everyone feel so bad and so rotten for their salvation. I propose we take that away from the priest from now on. The priest have no right to control the money. Let the people do what they want with it. Let the people build. Let the people build the house of the Lord. Let the people be accountable for it. Let the people do it out of their heart. And I guarantee we will see a thriving house of God. We will see a thriving body of Christ. Because I see the priest is not preaching the gospel, but he's preaching a different gospel about money. More times than not, all I, I hear the Easter message. 
the salvation message of rising from the dead, dying on the cross once a year. I hear the birth of Jesus on Christmas once a year, but I hear the giving one every Sunday. I hear the give me money one every Sunday, every Wednesday, every week, two services on Sunday, one on Wednesday, nonstop. And I am not, listen, folks, you can call me whatever you want. I have proven myself as a faithful man of giving. I have done that for more than 20 years. And to this day, I am willing to do whatever I need to for the house of God and for what God's kingdom needs. But I don't do like I used to where I blindly just give to people because I've seen what happened to when they ask for building project money and, and later on it gets retaken out of there because we need to pay for this. Or the priest has to take his money because he didn't get paid. Or he, and he yells about his retirement's not big enough or his vacation time's not long enough or the houses that's being given to him from the people is just not good enough. It's time for them just to preach the gospel and go back to giving Bible studies and going back to leading prayer and worrying about the things that God speaks to them and no more worrying about money. They worry more about the IRS and the non-tax exempt status than anything else that I think that they were. I think they worry more about the IRS as God than they do God. So that's what I propose. And as I see in 2 Kings chapter 12, this is what happened. Now, verse number 16, let's continue on. After the four they dealt faithfully passage in 15, we're going to go to 16. The trespass money and sin money was not brought into the house of the Lord. It was the priests. So they gave the priests what they had given due. I have no problem giving the priests what's due to them. When the people and the priests agree on something, that's what it is. But when they, a few years later, take the house that was given to them and they change it into their name and they take the land and they give it to their kids and they start to give... Uh, like it's a uh, handing down from one generation to their own generation and their family. And that's what they keep. They keep it very closed and they keep very certain people that are elected inside to do the voting for them because they know they're going to be yes men along the way. And if you stand up against them at any time, they kick you out or they, t they talk bad about you. Them days are gone because I don't care about the building people no more. They can do whatever they want. The body of Christ will always go on. And there's a strong body of Christ. Now, you might not see it as a building with a sign, but they're all over the face of the earth. God has a people, just like the days of Elijah, when Elijah thought he was the only one left and cried. God said, I have many men that never even touched the women that are waiting to serve me, that are doing my bidding right now, Elijah. Don't even worry. And I believe that day is now also. God does not fall short. He will always have his people. Verse number 17. Then Hazel, the king of Syria, went up and fought against Gath and took it. And Hazel set his face up to go to Jerusalem. And Joash, the king of Judah, took all the hallowed things that Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Isaiah, his father's king of Judah, and had dedicated in his own hallowed things and all the gold that was found in the treasuries in the house of the Lord and in the king's house and sent it to Hazel, king of Syria. And he went away from Jerusalem. And the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah. And his servants arose and made a conspiracy and slew Joash in the house of Milo, which goeth down to Silah. For Jashkar, the son of Shema, Jezjah, the son of Shomer, the, his servant smote him, and he died. And they buried him with his fathers in the city of David, and his, Amaziah, the son, reigned in his stead. Now, if you want to see more things like this, you read Kings, 1 Kings and 2 Kings. But I think that's a very good solution to our problem at hand nowadays with corruption, with accusations of people pointing fingers, 
with priests not preaching the gospel but once a year and all they talk about is what they need for the house of the Lord let the people do it and if the house is too expensive you need a different house because you don't need a building that sucks all the money and life out of people you need people that worship God that house is dead without the people the church walks out those doors and walks in those doors the church is not the building it has been backwards and the gathering together in there is only because people, when they go home, know how to read their Bibles, know how to pray, know how to talk to their God, know how to get answered prayers to people. And when they come together, they, they share those things and they work together as the body of Christ. The problem is, is nobody does it at home anymore. Nobody does it outside that building. They rely on that building for everything. They rely on going to that building for the priest to know everything. They rely on all that building to be their walk of God. And when they go home, the rest of the time is their business, their job, their family, and nothing else matters until they go back to that building. And that's where they tell everyone, that's my walk. That's my church. That's where I go. You are the church. You are the body. Get this mentality in you. Stop thinking the way this this world has programmed you. And that's why we're in the mess we are in our country. The same thinking. Corruption at the top. And it has trickled all the way down. And I want to propose it's because godly people have stopped doing what God wanted them to do. And they relinquished their power to one man in one building to do the job. And that's the problem with America. We did the same thing. We gave all of our power over to a White House and to a man. And we think that that's where our walk of being America is. It is not. We are free because God made us free. We are endowed with unalienable rights because God gave them to us. We do not get it from the government. They do not give it and they cannot take it away. Now they can impose laws and enforce them on us, but them are not God's laws. Whatever they say cannot supersede God or else it is not the law. It is false law. It is Satan's law. Now it's time to wake up and it's time to do the things that God called you to do. And with that, I want to say God bless. Hey, thank you for listening to this podcast. Sorry that it's over, but guess what? I'll have another one soon for you to listen to. And I hope you go back to 2 Kings and read what we read today and read the other ones and glean from things that the Bible has. The Bible is an amazing book. It's better than a television. It gives you things in your head that you've never thought before. And, it, and it's a connection to God. Please share this with somebody. Put this out on your social media accounts. Share with people. Share the links. Please, if you enjoy it and get a blessing out of it, share it with somebody. And I want to thank my sponsors out there for the donations that they do and for the prayers that they give. And I want to say God bless and thank you for my family. And we love you. God bless. Hey, have you ever heard of my pillow? I'm sure you have. It's on all the commercials that you can see on TV. Well, I'm a user of my pillow. I used to have migraines, real bad neck aches, but my pillow helped me in such a way that I don't get migraines and I have to use my pillow every time I go to bed. 
I even take it when I go on a trip. My wife and I have to have our pillows, the My Pillow, with us wherever we go. You can get the My Pillow too by going to mypillow.com. Mike Lindell is a Christian. He's a good man, and he produced a very good product. I am advertising My Pillow for free for him, and if I were you, I would buy a My Pillow. I'm doing it because I know it works. It's a great product. And it'll be a great blessing to you and to whoever you buy it from. God bless and go to mypillow.com and order my pillow or wherever you go and you see a my pillow, buy the my pillow and watch. You will be blessed. Mm-hmm.